Ruth L. Snyder, and this is Choices from Struggle to Strength. Today, we have Sam with us, and she's going to share a bit of her story. Welcome, Sam. Hey, thanks, Ruth, for having me. You're welcome. So tell us a bit about what you're passionate about and why. <laughs> well, at this moment in my life, well, I've always been passionate about self-mastery. So I've also always been passionate about that. Right now, you could say I'm passionate about self-mastery, serenity, and sobriety. Those sound like three very interesting passions. How do they come together? Okay, as succinctly as I can say, uh, like I said, I've always been uh, in in the self-help mode. Ever since I can remember as a young child, I always was interested in reading and learning new things and you know, seeing what I could do better, seeing how mm -hmm. I could be healthier, all of those things. And that grew into my career. So I was in the helping professions, you know, I was a social worker and then I was a holistic nutritionist and, and then helping people or mostly women, I would say, um, with uh, success tips and helping them build their business and uh, created that into a brand called Love Brand You Transform from the Inside Out. So that's where my you know, passion, especially for self-mastery comes in using, using those tools. And that, um, that just led me to the path of, okay, if you, if you wanna be really good at what you do or you really want to be better, uh, just delving into that whole serenity aspect about being calm and going within and um, just diving into that. And that would have been about three, four years ago when I was really committed to that and transforming my Love Brand You brand. Within that process is when, um, let's, let's just say it, I, I discovered I had an addiction to wine. Mm -hmm. And how do you, how do you become self-masterful when you can't kick an addiction? Mm. So when you acknowledged that you were struggling with an addiction, what made you make a choice to change that? I, I did many things over the years. I would take a break. I would, you know, do what I find is common when, when you get in these discussions uh, with other people about that, you know, you, you often find that, that you, that you try to quit and you think it's not a big deal because of course um, in, in my, in my case, I'm just speaking for me. Mm -hmm. um, it, it, it didn't impact really too much of my life um, according to other people. So, you know, because I was this healthy individual, because I worked in the health and wellness field, because I did, let's just say, you know, I had self mastered and done so many things right that, and even I used it as a crutch, even I went, you know what, I'm doing all these things, and I'm so healthy, and I exercise every day, and I look after my body, you know, what's the big deal if I drink? Mm -hmm. uh, well, what's the big deal if I drink a bottle of wine a night? You know, so you, you get in this mindset of it's no big deal because I'm healthy other ways. Right. So if you bring it to uh, 2019, 2020, around there, I really was trying to kick the habit at least, at least to make it manageable, like to, oh, I can, I can maybe uh, put it down to one bottle or two bottles a week. And I went through that process and uh, then let's fast forward to, you know, what was happening in the world and we're all shut down. And I ended up at my daughter's uh, staying with her because she was pregnant with my first grandchild. 
Okay. So you want to talk about the pivotal moment. And I remember um, she had had the baby. So she had had my grandson. And for uh, a few weeks, I, I had quit or I, mm-hmm. I at least, you know, toned it down a bit. And yet I still found myself making excuses that it was okay because, oh, let's celebrate. Let's celebrate. We have a new family member. And like, again, all of the, that I call it the monkey mind, all of those different things that make you believe everything's okay. Mm-hmm. And after my grandson was about, I would say about six weeks old, because I ended up staying there three or four months, if you can imagine what was going on and we're all shut down. So mm-hmm. this was March of 2020. So she was, she was happy to have me there. And it gave me a lot of time for self-reflection. And she had said to me, uh, mom, do you mind if we go out for a couple hours? Will you look after Carson? And of course, I'm like, of course I want this baby. And I remember Ruth, when you say the pivotal moment, like what, you know, what was it? Mm-hmm. And I'm laying, I'm laying there. He's laying in my arms and I'm looking down at this beautiful little baby who already has my heart. And in that moment, I looked at him and I just went, do I want wine or do I want to be a really great Nana? Mm. And it was, it, it was just in that moment. It was like, what do I want him to remember me as the Nana with the wine glass in her hand? Or do mm-hmm. I want him to remember me as the Nana that was there for him any moment of the day, any like they're fully present. I mean, wow. And, uh, that was it. And don't get me wrong. It, it was not easy. And I will never, I will never say that it was easy. However, when the self mastery and the self and the serenity kicked in with, okay, I can, and and it was hard for me at first to say the word sober Mm. because I didn't identify with being a label of what I was. But when I got really real with myself, it was like, well, when you can't go to two or three days, without, oh, wait a second, I can justify having a glass of wine and then two and then three. And I was just dedicated. I just, and, and did, I didn't know in that moment, I did not know it was lifetime. I I could not have said that then. Right. It was just today. I am choosing my grandson. I am choosing mm-hmm. health. I am choosing self-mastery, mm-hmm. um, not wine. And I just, I honestly, I just went choice by choice, not even right. step, you know, in, in, in all of the methods that they teach you, you know, one day at a time, all of, mm-hmm. I, I just had to find what worked for me. And it right. literally was one choice at a time. Mm. Thanks for sharing that with us. There's people struggle with all kinds of addictions. I tend to be a stress eater and that's something I have to choose right in the moment. Of course. So we have to make other choices that are healthier. How has your struggle with your addiction made you a stronger person? By really looking at it for what it is, by really understanding that it takes strength, not only to recognize something that you don't really care about yourself, but it takes strength in every moment to choose something different Mm -hmm. and for me, it was finding something bigger. And I know in every addiction, you have to do it for yourself. Right. And of course I was doing it for me. However, it was doing it for me. So I could have the relationship with my grandson. Right. So every time 
every time I thought, you know what, you know what, I'm doing good. I've done a couple of weeks. I've done, you know, I could do that. And I would just have these conversations with myself. <laughs> I allowed myself to be in my head and I'd go, yeah, you could, you've mm-hmm. done good. Mm-hmm. Do you really want Carson or the wine? Right. And I just kept asking myself that I just kept asking myself that. And it's, it's like any, anything you're trying to change, mm-hmm. it's um, taking focus away from it rather than letting the, you know, focusing on the wine and trying to figure out every way not to think about it. Right. I just shifted my focus instead yes. of thinking about that. It's like, what do I want to think about? And my grandson wins hands down a hundred times any day. <laughs> so that, that for me made it doable. Mm-hmm. Yes, definitely. When we try not to think about something, that's all <laughs> we think about, right? <laughs> Isn't that true? <laughs> Absolutely. So we definitely have to fill our mind with something else. Yeah. What doors or opportunities has your struggle opened for you? So many, too many to count. And by that, I mean, once I was okay talking about it, I wasn't necessarily hiding it at the beginning. I just knew that I needed some time to get some strength under me. Yes. I knew that I needed, you know, if you're around the same triggers and, and luckily, luckily, you know, I mean, it was a godsend that it happened during the time that we were shut down because even though I am um, a somewhat of an introverted entrepreneur, as an entrepreneur, you still have to be out. You still have to be, you know, talking to people. You still have to be meeting with clients. You still have to be going to meetings. Mm -hmm. However, at that time, because we were doing everything online, I could be more selfish and focused on myself than Mm -hmm. ever. And that was the biggest gift to me because I could, Mm -hmm. I really could avoid situations. And, but I I also gave myself that grace. I Mm -hmm. was like, anything that was going to trigger me to maybe, maybe want to slip up. I mm-hmm. just avoided at the beginning. Mm-hmm. I just, I avoided, I knew I had to, um, I knew that I had to get that uh, figured out first. And then when I was comfortable about it, mm-hmm. um, then I would just talk about it. If yeah. people would be saying, Oh, wow, I didn't know you weren't drinking right now. And I'd be like, no, nope, it's just a, it's just a habit I had to kick. I mm-hmm. was drinking too much wine. When I made it more just a general piece of conversation, it opened right. up the conversation for others. And sometimes mm-hmm. women would just come say to me, oh, wow, I didn't know that you were struggling with that. I would have never known. And what did you do? Like, this is what I'm doing because I have it. It's common. It mm-hmm. is common among introverted entrepreneurs. Yes. Is what I've been finding now that I'm talking about it more. Mm-hmm. And often it's so hidden that most people don't know, right? Of course, you're either well, for my case, again, I can only speak for myself, you're either a little bit embarrassed about it. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it was just a great coping mechanism. It was mm-hmm. a co- coping mechanism. If I was happy and excited, oh, let's celebrate. If right. I was feeling bad about something, oh, I deserve a glass of wine. I'm at home. Nothing's going to happen. You know, right. I'm not, I'm not out there. And not that I ever created a scene. I wasn't that um, type of individual. I just, I, I really believe I used it to um, just break uh, break through whatever anxiety I was feeling mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. Um, being out in public. And, and there's so many people that wouldn't even know that because mm-hmm. I've always used wine 
um, even even going out to networking events. Right. I was talking to a colleague last week about this very thing. And we were both saying, yeah, we, you know, you'd get into the networking meeting. First thing you did, or, or me, I would grab a glass of wine and right. then I would find it easier to talk to people. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's very interesting. And yeah, so that's, I think the opportunities of, that have been really opening, opening my mind and the doors is just now I'm just so free and, and excited to talk mm-hmm. about it. Yeah. That's great. What advice do you have for other people that may be struggling with an addiction of any kind? I know it's different for each person and you have to find what works for you, but do you have any general strategies that you can share? The first thing that helped me the most, and it sounds, it sounds kind of silly, but you just really have to love yourself. Mm -hmm. And I know people are like, oh man, come on, but (laughs) give yourself so much, uh, um, grace, give you like, just be so kind to yourself mm-hmm. that, that really helped me in the beginning to go, mm-hmm. you know what, because those of us that say, you know, when I say self mastery, those of us that are used to, you know, always taking care of things or figuring something out or, and this was one that I can honestly say has taken me years, mm-hmm. has taken me years to really, and I did a lot of uh, um, sabotage. I beat myself up a lot saying, Mm -hmm. you know what, that, you know, you, you should be able to get through this. Look at all these people that could just figure something out, but you got to ask yourself what you're seeing in something else, you know, for your own self, it's not really your truth. You know, Mm -hmm. people saw me a certain way where I saw myself a different way. So being kind to yourself and if you need to talk to someone, like find someone to talk to mm-hmm. and do what works for you. Mm-hmm. Do, it really is critical. Um, you know, check out different programs, check mm-hmm. out different um, addiction and recovery support services. Do that, like check it out. However, you have to really feel it in your heart. If it doesn't right. feel right, like if it's, this isn't the system for me, no matter if somebody is saying, oh, you know, do the 12 steps or do this program, right. um, go to this rehab facility. This is the best thing to do. Just do 100%. Just do what works for you. That's that it, it really has to stick for you. There is no one right way. I absolutely know that. Yes. And again, people need to do it for themselves, right? Yes. And as entrepreneurs and women, we tend to put ourselves last. We serve everybody else. Of course, of course. And and I was no different. You you and I are both moms. We're both grandmas. We're entrepreneurs. And that's, that's what we do. It's like, Mm -hmm. we'll, we'll put somebody else before us. However, in this choice, you're absolutely right. In this choice, I always chose me. I, mm-hmm. and, and I didn't make excuses. I didn't elaborate anything. If people would invite me to anything rather than getting into it when I wasn't ready mm-hmm. to say why, if people did invite me to anything, I would just, just lovingly decline. If I knew it was going to be too hard for me right. to be in a situation and I would just be, you know, um, I, I regret, I can't make it. Mm-hmm. And that was it. I wouldn't go into, you know, if people mm-hmm. would ask me questions, if I felt safe enough with that individual to tell them more, uh, then I would. However, mm-hmm. 
especially early days. Now it's like two years plus. And now I'm, mm-hmm. I would say I'm, I'm quite strong and mm-hmm. it's there. The triggers aren't the same, but in the early days, you really do have to protect yourself first. Mm-hmm. Thank you for those tips. I'm sure people will find them helpful. Is there anything else that you'd like to share? For Look for things that you can do. And the, the one Um, the one tip that I will say, as far as addiction, and you and I were talking about, you have to turn to something else. You have to do something else. The most critical thing for me in the beginning was when you have those triggers, because it's not only a, um, a physical addiction, you know, I wasn't only addicted to wine and, and sugar, even though Mm -hmm. I said, Oh, I don't eat much sugar and I didn't (laughs) eat sweets, but you know, I was getting so much sugar from the wine. Um, you need to do something in your most vulnerable times. And just as an example, when it would, because I always did wine o'clock, I always did, you know, five o'clock it's wine o'clock. And um, then during the time we were shut down, it soon became three o'clock because it's Mm -hmm. wine o'clock anywhere. You know, again, you, you tell yourself these stories and and you justify it. At Mm -hmm. least I did. Mm -hmm. When I made the decision I, t- I changed wine o'clock to walk o'clock. Mm. So I got up and moved. I yes. got like any time I got such a craving where before I would have given in. Mm-hmm. There was many times in the early attempts, you know, I did the 30 day periods and all of those. Right. And eventually I would give in. This time I was determined. Mm-hmm. I was determined. So I, I mean, I walk and exercise quite a bit anyway, but during that period of time, Mm-hmm. It, it didn't matter what, what I was doing. If mm-hmm. I was working, if I was, it, it did not matter if the craving came so much. So I traded wine for walking mm-hmm. and that, that was for me, that was a game changer too. Mm-hmm. I just, I just moved. And as soon as you move and you do something else, mm-hmm. it, it does change. And then you're, it, um, you're familiar with NLP, neuro-linguistic programming, um, where they're talking about, you know, you create habits of behavior and you've got mm-hmm. these pathways in your brain, mm-hmm. you have to create a different pathway. So right. your brain is used to going for the wine. So I just, mm-hmm. I just decided to create different pathways and there's so much more I did and a topic right. for another day. <laughs> However, if you, if you can at least break that, uh, first trigger, that's for me was the starting point mm-hmm. to, to the longevity. Mm-hmm. Very practical. Thank you. Thank you. What's the best way for people to get in contact with you? Um, Sam Rafis. Um, I am on social media under my name everywhere, Twitter, uh, Facebook, Instagram, um, all of those places, LinkedIn, uh, people can connect with me. And then my two, my two brands right now, I'm, I'm in love brand you, which is where Ruth, you're going to be on, on my show for love brand you in, in, Oh, less than a month. So I'm looking forward to that. And because I am um, now fully into uh, the sobriety and wanting to help people in that way, um, soberandserene.com. So there's two, but they they go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you very much for joining us today. It was a pleasure. And I look forward to continuing this journey together with you in whatever way comes about. Thank you so much, Ruth.